0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to the eighth episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor with your host Bennett Leon and your lovely co-host Ashley. Hey. Okay. Uh, today we have a very, very uh, interesting uh, setup for you. Today uh, we're going to start off with a banging, banging, banging <laughs> a video that uh, we have, we just found a little bit ago of AOC laying the smackdown on. Uh, her counterparts in congress uh and by the counterparts i think we all know who i mean the gop right the conservatives or at least the people that um uh, like pretend to be that whatever uh so
1: they'll be able to tell by the video right basically yeah <laughs>
0: they'll be able to tell for sure um so yeah so i'm just gonna go ahead and play for you uh but yeah actually gets all the credit for finding this and uh if you want to look for Thank it you me. can um you can find the tweet on ashley's um twitter page which is at ash the disruptor on twitter cool there you go all right all right (laughs) so i'm gonna play it for you guys and make sure you listen up
2: it's very difficult to sit here and listen to arguments in the long history of this country of using scripture and weaponizing and abusing scripture to justify bigotry White supremacists have done it, those who justified slavery did it, those who fought against integration did it, and we're seeing it today. And sometimes, especially in this body, I feel as though if Christ himself walked through these doors and said what he said thousands of years ago, that we should love our neighbor and our enemy, that we should welcome the stranger, fight for the least of us. That it is easier for a rich man, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into a kingdom of heaven. He would be maligned as a radical and rejected from these doors. And I know, and it is part of my faith that all people Are holy and all people are sacred unconditionally and that is what makes faith sometimes that's what what prompts us to transform because it is unconditional it's not about that it is up to us to love parts of people we love all people there is nothing holy about rejecting medical care of people no matter who they are on the grounds of what their identity is. There is nothing holy about turning someone away from a hospital. There's nothing holy about about rejecting a child from a family. There's nothing holy about writing discrimination into the law. And I am tired of communities of being of faith being weaponized and being mischaracterized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and.
0: Dang,
2: that's where the video incredible? ends.
0: But that is that is fire. Like <laughs> that is well, crazy. and I th- I
1: think I posted something. Um, I think I actually like commented when I posted because it was just something that was so powerful. It was worth. More than just a simple retweet.
0: <laughs> you want to read it? And
1: yeah, I've, I just found it. Actually, okay. I wrote the well. First, of course, I put a ton of raise the roof emojis and said <laughs> preach. But <laughs> then it's it's the use of scripture, period, and our government baffles me. But especially when it's used to validate discrimination, and I I keep thinking. I have this vision every time I, I hear people use scripture to validate policy or or um, or um, any sort of any sort of law that they think is is incorrect or needs needs to be um, validated. But I think about it more when you just watch Congress take place and a chaplain comes in and says prayer. Like what, what does that say about our country? We are not, we, we, we reflect this, um, separation of church and state, but I, even from like the very, very first moment, I don't think that was ever the case.
0: I mean, it literally sells on our fucking money, like, and God we trust.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, uh, yeah, I know at face value we're supposed to be, like, uh, we're supposed to have that separation between church and state. Um, but I feel like, especially in the last few decades, uh, that line has gotten, like, very wishy-washy as, like, the rise of and the importance of um, evangelical voters, especially in the conservative party, and the part of the GOP. Uh, well, their vote has become more, um, uh, more important. So, um, presidents or candidates that want to actually uh, run and win um, seek their vote, and you see that in the case of Donald Trump. Uh, even though I'm pretty sure he's never even. Uh, read a fucking line out of the bible uh he will tell you all all day that the bible is his favorite book other <laughs> than his own, of course the out of the deal <laughs>
1: well and and what's so interesting about this is a lot of those people um and, and i guess i don't want to generalize but i think it's fair to say i've met a lot of people tech people who are textualists or um What's, what's another word for textualist? You know, people who go by the, the text of the Constitution. They don't believe that it's a, a living document. Mm-hmm. Um, they also tend to be people who side more with the right. People who are, tend to lean more Republican, think that morality does play a big role in the law. And morality, by that I mean spiritual morality. Um, so it's just funny to me that textualists, which the First Amendment of our Constitution is that there shall be no law prohibiting religion and no law having religion within it. I mean, I just how can you be a textualist, but then be writing religion into our law?
0: I mean, I couldn't I couldn't explain that other than just straight up hypocr- hypocrisy.
1: And that's why I just think it's awesome that AOC pointed that out, because there are so many people that I think are kind of sick of this whole praying before, um, you know, congressional trials and it having, you know, I mean,
0: I mean, there's a reason there's like, let's let's just go back to basics. Like, there's a reason why that was put into place. Like, there's a reason why, like, uh, somebody at some point was like, okay, the separation between church and state is important because of X, Y, and Z, and we see that in the case of like all these ancient civilizations and these city states and stuff that had uh, their religion incorporated into their government and led to their downfalls, led to more war, led to more destruction, led to more death—all these negative consequences of a policy that doesn't just just doesn't work.
1: But and I mean, don't get me wrong, because I know that there are going to be some listeners out there that are like, oh my gosh, these are the people who want to take God out of our, out of our pledge of allegiance. And okay, (laughs) I'm I'm, in God we trust. Honestly, I do question that, but I'm, I think that when we have the word God in things, ultimately it could mean any God, you know, God as in, uh, whoever, whatever you believe in above Mm -hmm. yourself and sure. I'm I'm fine with that. What I'm not fine with is when people want to say, no, I don't want to give my employees access to birth control because I'm a Catholic and my business is going to run on those Catholic values. Or I have a problem when people say that they don't want to pay their fair share of taxes, but yet you walk down the street and you pass 25 homeless people as you're walking a couple of blocks. I mean, that's what I have a problem with, is this hypocrisy of having using religion in the law for your favor.
0: Exactly. And then uh, what I think is even more funny, uh, it, well, another case of this is that uh, like the Republicans love to use uh, they love to argue that uh, that uh, they want they think that small government is better. Right. Uh, but only when it mm-hmm. suits them. Only when it suits them. right? Exactly. Um, and <laughs> you can see that in the case of like let's use like the, the example of um, I believe it was like a couple Uh, an LGBTQ couple that went into like a bakery. I forget what state it was. Oh, the
1: baker. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they,
0: uh, they rejected them. That I think that case went all the way to like the Supreme Supreme Court. Court.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and uh, they sided with the LGBTQ people, right? I'm pretty sure they had to do that. Or did they side with the other people? I don't remember. You,
1: you know, I actually, so it was, um, I thought it was a... This is not correct. Surprisingly, there have apparently been a lot of these because I was looking up the actual case of the name. The name of the case. Uh I'm fine. There's, um, okay, Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado Civil Rights.
0: I guess they're Um, divided. It says they're deeply divided.
1: And, you know, I think they actually sided more... Um... In the, I think they actually sided more with the baker because it was a private institution. Oh, yeah. If I'm, um, yeah, I'm pretty right. sure that that, that right. I'm remembering that correctly. That's right. And the fact was, is that we're a capitalist society. You can sh- pick and choose where you want to um, purchase your items from. Mm-hmm. And so you can just go to another baker. I think one of the things that they said in the decision or I kind of alluded to is if that was the only baker they could go to that would be different Mm. but because are options they chose yeah that was they had options and they that was the option that they
0: chose i mean it's not like the it's i mean it's yeah it's fucked up like it's not the decision i really would have wanted but at the same time i can kind of like even though I don't agree with that, that Baker's, like, uh, like their viewpoint on the situation or, like, LGBTQ people for their own religion or whatever. Um, I don't know. I just think that they should have, like, just... Um, I think they should have... Uh, I think I can agree with them that, like, they... I can see it from their part, basically, that they, um, they didn't want to get like told what to do. They wanted a religious freedom, which is totally their right under the First Amendment, right? Like they totally have that right, um, which Definitely. is why the, the the Supreme Court was as split as it was, um, and it was. But think uh, a about hard it too. Them.
1: The baker also had his First Amendment right, mm-hmm. which was you I'm cannot saying. put. You know, they uh, both the baker and. The couple, I mean, they both had that first amendment right, and they were both arguing that in the case. It's kind of interesting,
0: it is, it really is. All right, but let's um segue into the next topic here. Uh, let's start talking about the election, okay? Uh, let's yes. start off with uh, South Carolina, really quick. Uh, some quick notes Who are we feeling? I know uh, Joe Biden is supposed to um, do really well there. He's supposed, I think, he uh, last time I saw he had like a uh, a double-digit lead, I think it was a 10 or 11-point lead over the, over the next person in line, oh, which really? was Bernie Sanders. Um, he also uh, recently got, um, I think a couple of days ago, or within the last like two or three days, he got the, um, the endorsement of uh, Representative Jim Clyburn of South yes. Carolina, mm-hmm. which is very important to their uh, voting population, or their black voting population.
1: I think Bernie's uh, gonna pick it up for sure. I, i I mean, I think maybe Biden could could win, but I don't know. I think that Bernie has a really good shot of beating him.
0: I think he does too. I, I don't know. Like I've always been like super skeptical with polls. Like um, I know they've been fairly <laughs> consistent, um, but I, I ever since 2016, I feel like I just can't trust them all the way. Um, but I mean, to be to be fair, like uh, this time around, they have been more accurate um especially when it comes to like the, the primaries and stuff
1: except for new hampshire though remember we had talked about that a few episodes ago with klobuchar it seemed like amy was way down there and then she ended up being in the top three
0: to the top uh, yeah. four. Yeah. Top I mean, four. I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean,
1: well, I was very surprised. I was super surprised, honestly.
0: Yeah. I mean, but like, uh, I'm sure that was in uh, in like every poll. Uh, I'm sure that was like o- only a few or something like that. But yeah, she she did show some strong apart, but if, uh, support in Iowa uh, before she ended up fizzling out, and before I'm sure her campaign will fizzle out soon enough. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just a t- <laughs> it's just a ticking time bomb. We'll see what happens. Uh, probably going to get ugly before uh, Super Tuesday, but um, let's see what else uh, happens in the next couple of days with this. Alright, um, so who do you think is going to do it? You think uh, Joe or, or Bernie? Who do you got your money on? Or anybody else?
1: Um, oh, well, definitely those are the only two, I would say. Um, and in Buttigieg. I think that Buttigieg is going to do decent because I think that he's going to get a lot of the Biden voters that aren't going to be voting for Biden. Um, but I If I was going to put money on it, I think I'm going to say Biden is still going to win by a shortcoming. I, just by a little. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. I would but say that um, I would put my money on Joe as well. Although I feel like it's going to be pretty close. I don't think mm-hmm. Bernie will overtake him. Um, just based on a, a number of factors. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, for example... Uh, the Jim Clyburn uh, endorsement should actually really help him, especially the last few days here before he has um,
1: uh, Definitely. that
0: vote um, before That's they vote. That's what me hope. <laughs> yeah, and then um, they just—it's supposed to be like his firewall. So, like, um, we shall see. And and just the the, the margin uh, that he has over the over Bernie Sanders is enough for me to think that he will take South Carolina. Uh, Whether it's by a slim margin or not, uh, I think he's going to win, but time will tell. Alrighty, so next thing, uh, but also kind of talking about the election, is um, something that we found a little bit ago uh, that I wanted to really, really talk to you about because I thought it was a really important topic, uh, and that is that um, in the 2020 Democratic primary, um, it's already the most expensive primary ever. (laughs) <laughs> um, and let's talk a little bit about this. Okay, so candidates vying for the Democratic nomination have spent more than $1.2 billion, more than they shelled out throughout uh, the 2016 presidential election and 2008. Um, so those statistics alone are fucking insane. Um, what's different now, I feel like, uh, than those other... Um, two elections other than 2016 with a, with a case of like Donald Trump um, we're seeing the, the phenomenon that after Donald Trump showed that like a influential wealthy businessman billionaire like one percenter can come in and like with no experience and just throw money at it and like say a bunch of random shit to like uh, wake up the, the mass or like uh, shake up his base and uh, get them all excited and get them all to mm-hmm. vote um, yeah, I think that, um, he is, uh, really good, uh, really good at that, uh, it, especially Trump, um, but, uh, yes, the, the fact remains true that both, uh, in this election in 2020, we have, uh, not one, not two, but three billionaires total in the entire election. I'm talking about Trump. I'm talking about Tom Steyer and I'm talking about Ma, of course, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, But specifically, only in the Democratic Party, I mean, we have two, which is more than enough. uh, When one of them alone is worth like uh, over $60 billion.
1: Well, and I also can't help but just to kind of play devil's advocate. I can't help but think that that large money, that large amount that we're spending this year or this this season is um, more just because how many... Did we have, at first, like, 13 candidates or something? Yeah, we had. It <laughs> was, was a lot. Yeah, the, the most, sure I think they, that. I think they had the most amount of people debating on a stage at one time than they've ever had.
0: Remember they had to split it up?
1: Yes. Uh-huh. Do, you know, Two different do. nights.
0: hmm
1: Oh, you're right. I forgot. So maybe there was, like, oh, my gosh, there's been so many. I can't believe I don't. Remember.
0: And there's people that didn't make those debates, too. <laughs> Okay. Like, people we never heard about, that were, like, dropping out, like, uh, I mean, I personally have heard of Michael Bennett, but I'm sure many don't, <laughs> um, and, like, he dropped out recently, Andrew Yangs, uh, he was also pretty well known, um, well, at least more recently than not, uh, but there are a bunch of randos, like, literally, like, I think there was, like, 16 or 18 people running this time, uh, like, Patrick Duvall, I think he's still running, I don't know why he's still in the race, but... I- that's, that's a really interesting thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Or Deval Patrick, I think is his name. Um, but I think
1: that would also explain that large number, too.
0: Yeah. But I. But this just goes to show, like, this article talking about the 2020 Democratic primary being literally the most expensive primary in to, to date. Uh, it just goes to show, like, how much our political climate is changing and has changed over the last few decades. Um, I mean and not just the last few decades i mean this is our our whole history as like a country
1: oh Um, get out of here did you see this chart on that
0: uh the chart uh yeah that is yeah it's it's insane
1: I what
0: and yeah so
1: dot org i think i've been spoofed (laughs) (laughs) that just seems nuts just so, to, I mean, well, we can post it later too. But just so everybody knows, yeah. it's basically showing 200 million dollars in 2016, and then it's showing in 2020 as of February spending 1.2 billion. Yeah. So in February 2016, we were at 200 million. That's insane.
0: That is insane. Uh, but what is also notable is that uh, the spending from 2008 to 2012 went down significantly by more than half. Yeah. Um, and, of course, we know both of those elections that Barack Obama won.
1: Yeah, that's um, probably a normal thing, right, when somebody
0: is runs for
1: re-election. Yeah.
0: I mean, look at the case of uh, Trump running for re-election and from, from 16 to 20. Look at that that's not true in this case
1: yeah i mean i think it's it's a lot different with trump though because they're not people i people who voted for obama the first time i think general gen genuinely voted for him the second time
0: although uh i think what is also notable is that like uh for, like this is only looking at Democratic candidates this is not like comparing like Trump or whatever but what yeah. is also notable is that there's a little tab on the side that says like, excluding Bloomberg and sire the two billionaires in the Democratic primary of course and if uh, the chart shows what it would be if they uh, weren't um, inputting so much money into oh. uh, the election and that number shrinks from 1.2 billion to about 573 uh million
1: well bennett you just solved the you just solved the question i mean (laughs) take them out of it and we would be in a typical i mean we still are spending a lot more but i mean
0: i yeah i mean uh at the same time like uh mark mike bloomberg argues that he would rather spend his money trying to get rid of donald trump and i agree with that but he's not just doing it to get rid of him he's doing it to get rid of him and to replace him replace, with himself yep. <laughs> so it's like eh.
1: repeal and replace
0: oh <laughs> uh, i mean he might as well say that fucking bloomberg uh, i mean that dude literally plays both sides of the coin uh the dude is literally like uh
1: he was a registered republican wasn't he
0: um, I believe so. Yeah, and he—I he, know for sure that, uh, especially Bernie, brought it up in like uh, one of the recent debates. Uh, he mentioned to to Bloomberg to his face that uh, he has given money not only to a bunch of Democrats because Bloomberg was gloating about that at the time. He was like, "Oh yeah, I give my millions and millions to the Democratic Party so to elect the senators and the governors and all this shit," and it makes him sound really good with the Democratic Party until Bernie throws out the fact that oh okay you actually did give money to george w Bush too oh you actually Mm. did give money to other republicans too and uh while we were struggling for running for the senate and stuff you were helping them so interesting interesting (laughs) um yeah bloomberg is definitely playing both sides of the coin here um And has been for the last uh, few decades. Uh, As I'm sure Trump has too. Oh, uh, exactly. When he was running against Hillary Clinton in 2016, I don't know if you remember this, but he actually said, I've given money to you. Like, there's pictures of Donald Trump with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, like, standing at a party. Like, uh, these are the 1%. These are the elite. And, like, uh, they're turning on each other, but it's like... Uh, it's fake. It's all it's all fucking fake. They're fake populists. They're fake well, populists.
1: I'm glad. you use that word elite because that's really what it's about. They're just part of this elite class. So no matter what side of the coin you're on, Republican or Democrat, you you kind of smooth smooth together, you know. And if at some point, you know, if you 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 rub me a little this way, I rub you a little that way, and then we both get something. Okay, awesome that's just how they how that works they don't really care what side of the coin you're on as long as they're getting
0: something for something that's true they're only uh they see the business aspect of it like Mm -hmm. i give you something you give me something that's what that's what they want and they want to be able like trump has said it himself he's like if i give you money i'm gonna expect something in return i'm gonna be calling you i expect that uh that when i call you you answer and you do whatever like i i'm requesting or like uh, you, you basically they get preference for that and that's the that's the subversion of democracy that's the sh- the, the shit that makes everybody like not trust uh, the government and how everything has been functioning uh, basically as long as we have existed as a, as a nation. Um,
1: well and I one thing that I will always remember my US Congress teacher told me this and she said it all the time during the semester was you dance with that that brought you. And um, it's totally true. You know, whatever br- brought you into power, whoever lobbied for you, whoever um, helped pay for your campaign, you, once you are into that elected seat and they helped you get there, you owe them and they expect something from you. Um, that's why I really, really appreciate Bernie and, well, Warren up until recently, not taking PAC money, only taking individual contributions because the people who i want you to be accountable to are the citizens (laughs) the the voters not these big companies
0: exactly exactly they should only be beholden to the people that they represent aka their constituents especially when they're like they hold uh, a, a very significant um level of office public office um, well, but I think that is common sense, and everyone—or at least I would think—that everyone would hope would think that that's common sense. Um, but that's besides the point. So I think we'll wrap it up for uh, that point. Uh, but let's talk about this next issue uh, that we found on The Intercept, which is, of course, found by Green uh, Green uh, Glenn Greenwald. My bad. <laughs> um, which is, of course, that uh, really prestigious uh, reporter that. Um, uh, investigative reporter that that really digs deep and uh, look into his work. I really recommend it. Um, now, uh, for The Intercept, what they posted earlier today was something really, really interesting. An article basically saying that uh, this guy, his name is William Owen. He is a Tennessee-based DNC member. Um, the DNC is, of course, standing for a Democratic National Committee, um, backing an effort to use so-called superdelegates to select the party's presidential nominee. Now, like, what's what's wrong with that is, like, this dude is basically, I mean, he is a Republican donor and a healthcare lobbyist, and he's using his membership within the DNC, the Tennessee DNC, to back the push to basically steal the election from Bernie Sanders using the super delicate system. Basic, and also, like, subverting the candidate with like the most voter of support which is of course Bernie Sanders so like uh, it's fucking crazy to see like this just not ending and it just goes back it just ties back into the fact that like all these people like Bernie Sanders is like literally fighting against not just Donald Trump uh, Bernie is fighting literally Trump the GOP the Democratic establishment, the corporate media, like, literally, like, taking on a million different things. And the, what's crazy is that he's fucking winning. He's winning. He's taking state after <laughs> state. People are behind him. He has the most donations. He's had the most donations since the very beginning of it, basically. I mean, what's left? And then they still don't even want to, like, fucking Rahm Manuel. I had him on the, on the last episode, right, in that clip, where he was talking about... Um, uh, not being ready uh, as a party to to accept that Dem- uh, that Bernie Sanders is the, basically the uh, the undisputed um, front runner and nominee uh, until after the results of Super Tuesday, but I mean that's just they don't get it. That's what is so frustrating uh, for me, especially, and I'm sure like many of the Democratic base, uh, especially the Dem- uh, the progressive base of the Democratic Party. That's extremely frustrating when we feel that uh, it's this shit is like literally rigged against it against the populist candidate, the candidate that wants to do the best um, for like the working class. You know what I mean? So like it, it, it's just crazy. It's crazy to watch the the party of the, the people basically, or that's supposed to represent the people actively working against the candidate that is supported by their, their own people absolutely bonkers <laughs> bonkers this rant over
2: <laughs> no
1: it's so true though like it, you would think that it's one side against one side but then it's like within that side you have all these other competitions
0: per oh. se if you can even use that word <laughs> of course of course but like what? what's really funny is the it's not funny at all it is the illusion of choice um and of course what I mean by that is like I like you said that illusion I mean it literally is uh like let's take um the darling of the democratic party for example Barack Obama let's compare him um to Mitt Romney Uh, like (laughs) I'm pretty sure like like uh Barack Obama has even said in the past himself like you can pull this clip up like Uh, I would be considered uh, a moderate Republican. He said that in an interview somewhere um, before he became president. Um, I think it was while he was a senator. He's also said uh, some inflammatory uh, statements about like uh, immigration. Um, He almost sounds like a Republican when talking about immigration. Um, And we see the proof is in the pudding when uh, he is known as the deporter in chief when he was president throughout all eight years of his presidency um, deporting over 10 million, uh, not 10 million uh, 8 million I was uh, gonna say eight, yeah. Yeah, 8 million people from the United States which is absolutely insane and people, uh, do, do, you, do you remember all the, how much the Democratic Party was freaking out over people taking away uh, like the kids from their parents at the border? Yes. Like, and like they were ripping families apart for the last eight years and no one said shit and that's what I mean like well, it's, and it's the, thing, like,
1: the thing is, it's, it's is like an illusion. Obama, like it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Obama made the that same.
0: law. They're the same.
1: Yeah. Or actually, no, Clinton. I'm sorry, Clinton. I believe made that law. Obama just irregularly enforced it. But exactly, yeah. He had det- he had those um, detention centers. I, you, we should call them at the border.
0: Hmm. Um, but that's just besides the point that like, the illusion of choice goes back to like, basically what I, what I mean by bringing that up is that like, if, if we would have gotten Mitt Romney instead of Barack Obama, we probably would have gotten mostly the same country. I mean, fucking literally Obamacare, uh, Obamacare, Obamacare Obamacare was literally based off of Mitt Romney care. Um, like... Uh, they're basically the same like it, it's an it's the illusion of choice they're both like like the pretty smiles that like of course it would have been like a little less tendencies like protect like the environment or some shit like that like they're probably like more like attention to like immigration if it was Mitt romney and like all those republican talking points i'm not saying that it would be like literally exactly the same between obama and romney but the point is... That I don't it basically think we would have gotten like,
1: marriage equality. I
0: think it would have been more or less the same.
1: Minus marriage equality, which is a pretty big thing that Barack Obama did.
0: That's... I mean, we can't... Oh, that's that, That's all speculation. I mean, we could never know for sure. But, of, of course, like, uh, they are not too far different. Like, he, Mitt Romney's also well-spoken. Mitt Romney also, like, is very successful. Um, he, he did a good job as governor. Like, all this shit, like... Uh, that was just one example, but many, many times over, um, the Democrats are also bought uh, in the pockets of the, the pharmaceutical industry, the agricultural industry, the military-industrial complex, the NRA. Uh, the NRA, that's what I mean, that it's it's the illusion of choice, like you think you're voting for one party against another, but you're really voting for the same people to maintain their power and that's why people that are in congress are re-elected at, at a rate of over 92 percent when they have uh, an unapproval rating of around the same numbers. <laughs> around like Isn't 80, that crazy? 90 percent yes it's absolutely insane <laughs> for people but that's the way the system works and continues to work to this day and Um, that's the purpose, I mean that's why I have this podcast, (laughs) to bring awareness to it Um, So everybody can get out there and vote Yes, (laughs) vote for the the ideas and the policies that not are only right for you and your own family, but I would ask you to also consider your neighbor Um, other people Uh, taking into consideration that not everybody is as fortunate as you and I and I think everybody deserves a fighting chance, especially when it comes to like healthcare. I think healthcare is a human right as well. Absolutely. And yeah. So, uh, but I'll, now that we're talking about rights a little bit, I just want to mention that I also think it's human—not uh, a human right, but an American right—to uh, a thousand dollars a month. Uh, <laughs> <freedom> <laughs> I saw then. you posted
1: that. <laughs> you know, I'm totally. I'm totally That's crazy. It also.
0: Yo, that's crazy! Martin Luther King Jr. the third supports UBI, Universal Basic Income. If you yes. guys don't know what that is, but yes, that's that's pretty which, crazy. And which... I think it's 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 sound. It's sound.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And but... it's something that is not the. This is not the first time that this idea has um, come across the table. I think Yang, Andrew Yang, is really. Um, who Got everybody talking about it and really millennials realizing what this was and definitely thinking, thinking oh my gosh, like this.
0: I and mean, I was you... one
1: of them. me too. I had never heard of this before, Andrew Yang.
0: Um, yep, I'm, um, I was Yang Gang until he dropped out, so <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Yang, but I mean, it is what it is, and uh, that's why I have a five thousand dollar bet against you, and I put it on Bernie because I knew he was gonna win, and you weren't. <laughs> but it is what it is. Cool. So I think it's a great place to, uh, to wrap it up. Uh, I think it was a really, really great show. A lot of, lot of good stuff we talked about. Um, and, of course, we will continue to um, uh, inform our audience and provide them with the best, uh, most reliable information we can find. Um, aside from that, I wanted to also, I also wanted to update you guys on our social media pages. We created a Facebook page and a we've each created uh, our own uh, inst- i mean not instagram twitter uh ha- handles so our facebook page is um the oligarchy disruptor podcast and you can just go ahead and like that please and share that to all your buddies and girlfriends and moms and dads <laughs> and all that stuff and dogs and cats and shit um and then um, uh the twitter handle you want to start with your twitter
1: so mine is at Ash the
0: Disruptor hey, and that's on Twitter and then mine is uh, Ben B-E-N uh, at Ben the Disruptor uh, so yeah so she's Ash, I'm Ben and uh, that is it for tonight so thank you all so much for tuning in once again um, and also don't forget to Ooh.
1: vote we wanted to tell them about those sites Rock the Vote. That is yes. a site that you can go to. It's a non-profit. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, you can register to vote there. You can look up where, um, if you if your registration has gone through. Um, Illinois actually has same day registration, which is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there is your I know uh, this is a, a bit vulgar, guys. Your dot Yourfuckingpollingplace.com <laughs> It's like the most convenient place ever, though. You go to this website, put in your address, and it will literally tell you where your polling place is. It's very simple. There's no nothing extra on the website except for put in your address.
0: Very nice. Okay, well, uh, let, let us know what you guys think about um, everything you've heard on this podcast. Uh, tweet at us. Share everything. You, uh, you Share your thoughts. We'd love to hear <coughs> back from you. Uh, and Ashley and I will see you next time. Thank you very much for tuning in.